The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. I want to get into the word this morning. It's uh, uh, it's one of the things that is uh, an interesting thing to me when I get into the word for the purpose of bringing the word in a service. You're always wanting to find out, you know, what is supposed to be spoken, and you get into a, a routine where you know life begins to take things uh, in its uh, its directions that can be distracting, and it's good to kind of get recentered and refocused. And I can tell you that a lot of things this week were unusual and there's a lot of distractions but then as the word began to stir in my heart it stirred you know late last night and early this morning uh, it, it makes sense to me sometimes a lot of the things that you experience in your everyday life have a real ministry purpose behind them and I think it's important to uh, make note of that and I've said it before and it may not make sense but a lot of the things that happen in my life privately have a public purpose you know you'll experience something in your own life, but you're experiencing that because it's supposed to affect how you handle something in someone else's life or some other situation. And God has a really wonderful way of teaching us and leading us in those things. So uh, I want to get into the word this morning. If you're taking notes, I want to offer you a few things to jot down, things to look forward to. You may see me throw my readers on. I'm going to take them, put them on. I may take them off, put them on. It's a, uh, I'm kind of learning how to do this. So Uh, I want to get into the word here, but before we do that, here's a few things that we're going to find. One, we're going to find uh, what makes Jesus effective. What makes Jesus effective? Now, that's pretty interesting to me because you come into a church service and you hear about the power of God. I mean, that's what people preach about. It's what people sing about. It's what people talk about. They write books about it, the power of God. People give their testimony and they talk about how great things happened in their life. And all of that would involve the power of God. And when we desire to see the power of God move in our lives, I think it's something that is a good thing to seek. I mean, that's a really healthy thing to want to to see happen. I'm a little bit odd in my thought process. I would say it's kind of mechanical. I want to know how it works. I want to know why it works. It's not enough for me just to know that it could happen. I'd like to know why it happens. And and I think the scripture is written in such a way that God is, is showing us not only what he's capable of doing or what he's willing to do, but also showing us why he's willing to do it. God is very interested in revealing his motive to you. I mean, redemption from sin and captivity is not just something God did because he was bored, but rather he did it out of the motivation of love. I mean, Jesus Christ is the full manifestation of God's love for your life. So you don't just know what God did, but you know why he did it. He did it because he loves you. Uh, So that's one thing that I think is interesting to find out. We're going to find out what makes Jesus effective. And then we're going to find out what effective looks like. I mean, what does it look like to be an effective Christian? Uh, I've been a Christian for a while now. I mean, it's been over two decades. And and a lot of that time I've spent working in, you know, Christianity and and ministry, whether it's in the mission field or in the the local church. And a lot of times uh, I've wondered, is this really what it's supposed to look like. Is this effective? I think the scripture gives us a good picture of what effective Christianity looks like, and we'll find those two things uh, early on in the message here. And then a third thing that we're going to find is uh, the results of being taught by God. When God teaches us things, there's really wonderful and powerful results. Uh, I've learned a lot of things. I mean, I have burned up YouTube to figure out how to fix this and that and the other. You know, I mean, 
There's a lot of information in the world today that, that brings about results. Well, God is constantly bringing information into our lives. I mean, he sent the Holy Spirit and referred to the Holy Spirit as teacher. And we have a present teacher in our lives that's constantly teaching us and directing us. And as we learn, it produces a wonderful result. And we'll see that as we close off the message. So I want to get into the word here as we do that. We're going to start off. I mentioned before we're going to find out what makes Jesus effective. I want to get there first. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, I want to look in verse 18, and we'll go over to verse 19. So Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Now, this passage of Scripture is really important to, to us as a church body. I mean, it's a part of, of who we are and our identity. If you were to look at, you know, mission statements and vision statements and things like that, you would see this passage of Scripture as a feature in that because I believe this passage of Scripture is meant to define uh, who we are as believers. I mean, if God has given us uh, holiness and he's given us the Holy Spirit, he's called us to be just like Jesus, then as we read about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, we're not just seeing something that happened once upon a time as if it were some kind of fairy tale. Rather, we're seeing instructions and example for our everyday life. So in Luke chapter 4, we see something really great. I told you we're going to find out what makes Jesus effective. We'll find it there, but let me kind of set the stage. So Jesus is beginning his ministry. He's empowered by the Holy Spirit, just like you. And he begins to read something when he shows up for what would be considered a church service. You know, I mean, he shows up to this meeting where everyone's there to worship God. Someone's going to read from the scripture. It happens to be that Jesus is going to read from the scripture. He takes from the book of Isaiah. He stands in front of everyone. And then he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then Jesus took the, you know, the scroll or the book or whatever it would have been and put it away, and he stood in front of everyone and said, Today, right here in front of you, this is fulfilled. Pretty bold statement to make. But what he's announcing is that the work of God, the things that God is doing in the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit has begun. And this is the same Holy Spirit that is functioning and operating in and through you and me. So this is not just a passage of scripture that I read and think, wow, that's pretty, pretty interesting about the life of Jesus. I think this is pretty interesting about my life too. I mean, when you consider what's being said here, you're seeing a list of things that Jesus is going to do. And you also see why. Listen to this list. It's pretty amazing. I mean, think about the ability to, you know, preach the gospel to the poor. Well, that just sounds a little bit odd to me in the sense like, are you supposed to go to people and say, hey, what's in your checking account? Okay, I'm going to preach to you, you know. I don't think so. It's not about that. It's about somebody in deficit, somebody having a need and taking the word of God in to meet that need. It's not just a financial thing. It's just anywhere where there's insufficiency. Maybe there's not enough strength. Maybe there's not enough integrity. Maybe there's not enough hope. But you can take what's true, the word of God, and introduce it into that situation of deficit and bring about a victorious result. It's very effective. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives. I mean, captivity is a bondage, meaning there's the absence of freedom. And to go into a place where there's an absence of freedom and introduce liberty is a really wonderful and powerful thing. It produces an incredible effect. 
I remember a church service here years ago where a man in the church, has, uh, he was a, a, a big part of the, the church body here until he had to move away with his family. He had a, a military background, and, and he told me a story one day. We were working together, and as he was telling the story, he was just telling it out of his own initiative, and that happened on occasion, you know. I mean, we'll just be driving, and all of a sudden, you know, someone will start talking, and he got very emotional. It was a little bit, you know, unique, and I didn't think it was odd, and I sure didn't make fun of it, but I knew this is really serious, you know. This is a big thing that's going on. And some of you that are in the room may even remember the day that he shared it here, but when he told me the story, I said, you know, I hope you tell that story 100,000 times before your days are over. I hope you preach that everywhere you go. And his story was one where he was deployed and he was in a combat zone and he was driving and he was, you know, in the truck and he witnessed something, he saw something, and, and when he saw it, it just didn't look right. And because it didn't look right, he, he made a decision, and that decision went against every protocol. It could have gotten him in serious trouble. But what he saw was someone who appeared to be in captivity. And he did everything that was against the rules and, and stopped the individual who appeared to be in captivity. It turns out that the guy was being kidnapped, that the men were armed, and this man that was released from captivity displayed tremendous emotion. So he's never seen anyone cry like that. But the tears and the snot and the, the blubbering and the sobbing and the, 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 he said the guy was just on his knees at his feet saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, you saved my life, you saved my life. I don't think we realize how important freedom from captivity is because we really aren't very aware of captivity. We live in the land of the free, Right? We don't know those things very well, so it's something that's very easy for us to take for granted. But the reality is Jesus is bringing freedom from this captivity. It's a very effective thing that he's doing. Uh, you continue to go down the list here, and you see the recovery of sight to the blind, meaning that where people can't see uh, beyond what's right in front of them, you can bring sight into that situation. It's a really wonderful thing. It's very effective. A lot of times people can only see what's right in front of them. They make their choices and their decisions based on that. And if what's right in front of them is a hopeless situation or a painful situation or a situation that provokes anger or rage or wrath, and they're going to react based on that situation, and it could cause very destructive results, some of them permanent. But yet, we can be effective and help people see beyond what's right in front of them. You go down the list, and you see uh, that we're there to free those who are oppressed. Oh, well, oppression's different than captivity. I mean... Oppression is where there's just harassment and frustration. I know a lot of people in their lives that have the same roller coaster over and over. They hate what is destroying their life, but they can't shake free from it. And it just seems to show up at the worst time and bring destruction. And here's Jesus now saying that, that these things are things that he's going to bring solution to. Then you have this wonderful declaration to close it off, this declaration of favor. One of the greatest things in my life, one of the most liberating things in my life, one of the most powerful events in my life was coming to the awareness that I'm loved. Everything that I ever did that was destructive, everything that I ever did that was violent, everything that I ever did that was unfruitful was founded on this lie that I'm unloved. 
And to be able to bring that effect into any situation, to be able to be effective and reveal love and to not only just talk about it, but actually produce it and share it and give it is a really wonderful and powerful thing. I think it's safe to say that it's effective. And so remember what we opened up with, we're going to find out what makes Jesus effective. Well, he's talking about all of these situations that are, are very destructive in how he's going to bring a positive effect to these things. And you can see why right at the beginning of the verse. The Spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me. He's anointed me for what? To be effective. Where there's insufficiency, I bring abundance. Where there's captivity, I bring liberty. Where there's myopic short-sightedness or blindness, I bring vision. Where there's oppression, I bring relief. And where there's an absence of love and affection, I bring the love of God. It's effective, right? And everything that would make Jesus effective is the fact that the Holy Spirit is upon him, that the Holy Spirit is in and active on his life and through his life, and he identifies that as the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. I mean, that word because is really amazing. It's a powerful word when you think about it. It's actually revealing uh, the, the reason why all of this stuff can happen. I mean, we can sit in our church services and write our songs and sing our songs and, and go to our Bible studies and share in our home groups, you know, all of the wonderful things that we desire to see uh, the effects of God touch in our lives. The reality is we need what brings those effects. We need that anointing of the Holy Spirit on and in and through our lives. And you take a passage of scripture like that and let it open up, you know, revelation in your, your mind and in your heart, and it can have a wonderful and powerful result. It might affect the way you pray, where you begin to go into your, your, your prayer closet or your prayer time and say, Father, I want to be effective. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit be magnified in my life. I don't want to be just content to operate and function with the idea that I'm simply forgiven, but I want to see that power that you've placed within me to bring a wonderful effect in this world. I want to be one that wherever I go, where there's insufficiency, I bring abundance. I want to be one where wherever I go, where there's captivity, I bring liberty. I want to be one where wherever I go, if there's blindness, I bring vision. I want to be one where wherever I go, if there's oppression, I bring relief. And I want to be one that wherever I go, if there's the absence of love, I bring your love. The anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon me. What a wonderful thing to pray. I told you before we would find out what an effective life looks like, right? I mean, it's a good thing to know because we can examine our lives. You can ask yourself, is this what my life looks like? Before we get there, I do want to make one thing clear. I think this is really important. That passage of Scripture that Jesus quoted out of Isaiah was something that was written years before he ever stood and read it. Years before he ever stood and said, today, right here in front of your eyes, this is fulfilled. But that passage of scripture is not exclusive to him. That passage of scripture is for every believer. That passage of scripture is for you. I mean, we could wake up every morning and we could open up our day by saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me. 
to preach the gospel to the poor, to bring freedom to the captive, to open up the eyes of the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to declare God's favor. That verse is for you. That verse is for me. And then here's what it looks like when it's lived out. You'll find this uh, in the the book of Acts. I told you before we're going to find out what makes Jesus effective. That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? We just covered that. I said we're going to find out what an effective life looks like. We're going to find that one out right here. If you have your Bibles, you can go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. I want to read verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. Now, what's really amazing here is the, the speaker is describing the life of Jesus Christ. Describing the life of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this description. And as he's describing the life of Jesus Christ, I think he's revealing to us what an effective kingdom, spirit-led life looks like. And here's this description from Acts chapter 10. The writer says this, You know Jesus of Nazareth and how God anointed him. Right? There's that word again. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. What an amazing passage of Scripture. I mean, we've used it in other messages in the past, and we'll use it in a lot of messages in the future because it's a really incredible piece of of, uh, 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 truth to apply to your lives. And you've heard me say this before. I'll say it again because it fits the message. I want to be able to substitute my name into that passage of Scripture. I would love that at the end of my days, somebody were to say, hey, you know Preston, right? And how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. I want that. I don't just want it for me out of some, like, you know, arrogance or some insecurity. I want it because that's what God paid the highest price to bring. That would be making the most of or making success out of this wonderful gift that he's given, this gift to wash away all of my sins, not just so that I can be clean, but so that I can be clean and host the Holy Spirit and so that I can live an effective life. I want all of us to be able to insert our name here. And if you're one that, like, writes in your Bible, and, you know, those days are kind of gone because people more, like, scroll through their phone when they're reading the Scripture, and that's okay. But back in the day of pen and paper, I probably would have wrote, written my name in there. Insert my name here. You know Preston. How God anointed him with power and the Holy Spirit. How he went about doing good. Healing all those who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. What a wonderful thing to strive for and to pursue. A wonderful thing to begin to live your life for and understand that this is my calling. That the same effective life that Jesus lives is the effective life that I'm called to live, that I'm equipped to live. It's the reason for the Holy Spirit in my life, not just so that I can have proof that I'm a Christian, but so that I can live just like Jesus and do everything that Jesus does. So that everywhere I go, insufficiency is met with abundance. Everywhere I go, captivity is met with liberty. Everywhere I go, blindness is met with vision. Everywhere I go, oppression is met with relief. Everywhere I go, the absence of love is met with the power of love. 
great thing to aspire to. I want to give you a passage of scripture for your notes here because we're talking about the anointing. Remember, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Because why? Well, because God's anointed you. Okay, now that's a word that, that we don't use in our everyday life. I mean, it's a very uh, a Christianese word, so to speak. Uh, it, it's very much a part of certain church circles, and this would be one of those church circles. I mean, we use words like anointing when we talk here in service. But in my everyday life, I don't go to work and use the word anointing very much. So I think it's important for us not to lose this word or the value of this word or, or the meaning of this word, that it doesn't just become a Christian cadence, something that we repeat in church but really don't know what it means. But if the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me, then I want to know what the anointing is. If it's this wonderful catalyst or gateway for the Holy Spirit to be in my life so that I can be effective, I want to understand it. For a couple of reasons. One, so that I won't resist it. I want to know what it is so that I won't resist it. Two, so that I can cooperate with it. So that I can do the things that actually make this come to pass. So that it doesn't just happen on occasion by accident. But I want it to be an intentional, active part of my life. Let me give you this passage of scripture here, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John 2, 20. It's a passage of scripture for every believer. 1 John 2, 20, it reads like this. You have an anointing from the Holy One, from God. You have an anointing from God. It's not something reserved for those that work in vocational ministry. It's not something reserved for pastors or something reserved for you know, evangelists or special guest speakers, you have an anointing. I mean, just that in and of itself is something that's worth, you know, taking into your heart and your mind, taking into your prayer. Father, the Word says I have an anointing. If I have it, I want to know about it. Teach me about it. Show me the anointing. I want to feel the anointing. I, I, you gave it to me. I want to utilize it in the way that it's meant to be utilized. I don't want to waste it. I want to... Use it like it's supposed to be used. I want to understand it. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And this is a really amazing passage of Scripture about the anointing. If you want to write it down for your notes, you can. Uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, it's chapter 1, and it's verse 21, something like that. 21 or 22. We'll find it. Here's how it reads. God has sealed us and given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. It's an interesting thing to consider when you're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fact that God would put his spirit upon us because he's anointed us. I ask myself, well, what is that for? Well, that word pledge is a really amazing word. I mean, we don't really use it that much. I... I remember using it every day when I was a kid. And some of you would remember. You go to school and you sit down at your desk and they make everybody stand up and you put your hand over your heart and I pledge allegiance, right? We used to use that word all the time. And now we've kind of removed that word. We don't want to do that. That's, you don't want that. So it's gone now. But the reality is the idea of pledge is a really wonderful and powerful thing. 
the giving of, of word for the purpose of seeing that come to pass. I mean, this is a, a wonderful thing to consider that God's put the Holy Spirit in my life so that there's tangible evidence that he's going to do what he said he would do. He's put the anointing on your life. What an encouraging thing to feel and to know the anointing in your life just to even give you the reminder that he is real, that this just isn't some you know, a, a mind game to cope with life's trials and hardships, but that the living God is real and active in and through your life, that he would speak to you, that he would work through you, that he would care about you and display his love and his affection and his power not only to you, but through you. Yeah. Holy Spirit is a pledge. And there's another way to translate that word pledge. If your Bible has got little notes on the side and footnotes and things like that, sometimes you'll have literal translations or alternate translations, and they're both accurate. Most of your Bibles have been translated for readability, right? So that it's, it's kind of easier to read. Well, sometimes... Readability can get in the way of accuracy. So that can be a bit of a challenge. That's why it's important to do some word studies and Bible studies. And, you know, Bible studies are, are not really the thing that floats my boat, but I do like knowing the Word. And I think you can't know the Word unless you study the Word. It's a discipline that needs to be cultivated in our lives. And, and let a, a, an awareness and a curiosity lead us to know more and to go one step further in depth of understanding. And that's something that God's very happy to lead us into. But if you take that word pledge and you look one step further, this is the literal meaning. Are you ready for this? Down payment. Isn't that interesting? Down payment. That God would put the Holy Spirit in my life as a down payment. I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. I mean, that, that purchase price was, was already set and paid in full. What is this down payment? It's not a financial transaction. That's why, you know, most uh, 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 translators would have translated it pledge instead of down payment. But rather, this is a promise to come back and fulfill. The fact that the spirit of Jesus Christ is in me is a down payment that one day I'll stand next to the bodily form of Jesus Christ. Not just his spirit, but his body. I'll be able to shake his hand. I'll probably fall at his feet. It's a pledge. I will send you my spirit as a down payment as a guarantee that I'm coming back for you. And you'll see that in the scripture. So what is the anointing then? I want to give you a passage of scripture here. Uh, we, we read the one earlier that you have an anointing from the Holy One. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. We're going to look at 27. But before we look at 27, I want to define anointing. We've used this definition before, and, and it is my definition. Okay, and that you're welcome to uh, pick it apart. You're welcome to shoot holes in it. If you find that this definition needs to be addressed, I'm all ears, right? You can give me a call. You can shoot me an email. I, I want to know your thoughts on it. This is not from the dictionary. This is from my life experience. And I want to offer this definition to you as something to you know, embrace. And if you find that it's fitting, then run with it. 
But if I were to define the anointing, this is how I would define it. God's ability as my enablement. Me being enabled with all of God's abilities. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. He's facing all of these challenges and all of these things that are difficult. You have sick people. You have dead people. You have blind people. You have people that have all kinds of of diseases and all kinds of demonic possession. These are real challenges that I really can't do much about, but God can. And the anointing on my life makes His ability be my enablement. I'm now enabled to do something about that. Not because of my own strength, but because of His power. God's ability is my enablement. See, that kind of understanding takes a word like anointing and makes it something that is really desirable to me. To be taken into prayer, Father, I want your anointing on my life, in my life, magnify, I want to cherish it. All of your abilities, I want that to be my enablement to deal with the things that I'm dealing with. I have so many struggles in marriage and family and business and life and in the ministry that you've called me to. There are so many challenges. I can't do it under my own power, but your ability as my enablement will make me an unstoppable force on the earth for your glory. Yeah. It's kind of nice, huh? So if it's God's ability is my enablement, then I go another step further and go to the dictionary. Ability. Here's what ability means. To possess the means or skill to do something. God's ability. What God has to do something. Limitless resources. Limitless power. Limitless knowledge. That is the ability that I have access to by the Holy Spirit. That is the ability that I have access to through the anointing. And then enable. Here's what enable means by the dictionary. To give authority or means to do something. Here's the shorter version. To make possible. No wonder Jesus could stand and look at all of these people who have all of these problems and all of these challenges and say nothing is impossible for you. There was a time when that verse would have hit me and I would have thought, I can think of a few things. (laughs) But now I realize because I have God's ability as my enablement, it's the truth. Nothing is impossible for me because of the anointing. God's ability as my enablement. And you dive into the scripture and you find out more and more things about the anointing of God on your life. And you'll find this in 1 John 2.27. I mentioned it before that we were to turn there. Here's, here's how it reads. As for you, the anointing that you've received from him, it abides in you. Meaning like it lives in you. Now that's an interesting thing to consider. It's very important that we catch that. It's not something that just comes and goes, Right? Not like the Incredible Hulk, right? Where sometimes he's normal and then other times he's really powerful. You're powerful all the time. The anointing of God is inside of you constantly. There's never a time that I will fail because the anointing of God didn't show up. There's only times when I will fail because I ignored him and did what I wanted to do. It says, as for you, the anointing you've received, he abides in you. 
And then it goes on to say this, you don't have any need for anyone to teach you, but his, anointed, his anointing excuse me, teaches you all things. I want to stop there because I think that's an important thing to catch. You don't want to misunderstand that. I've seen people take that passage of Scripture and become very uh, rebellious with it. I don't need a teacher. I have the Holy Spirit. Well, then why did God send teachers? Why did he put teaching in the fivefold ministry? You know, preachers and evangelists and prophets and teachers and apostles. I mean, teaching is very much a part of the gospel. Why would Jesus proclaim the gospel? Why would he say a word, right? That's not what's being said here. What's being said here is this isn't something that's academic. This is something that is relational. That God, living and active in and through your life, will begin to show you and lead you in the way that you should go. You'll speak to people that are new to the anointing, and you'll hear their descriptions, and they'll use words like feel. I just had a feeling, you know. Oh, really? You had a feeling? That's interesting. And what you know is that that wasn't a feeling. That was the Spirit of God moving through you. And yeah, you probably did feel something, but it was more than a feeling. And now you got a song in your head, don't you? some classic rockers in the house but yeah God's teaching you he's teaching you here's a couple of passages of scripture for you the reality that God is teaching you in how to walk in the anointing which is his ability as your enablement I want to give you these passages of scripture and we're closing uh, John 16 13 if you have your Bibles turn there I'm gonna have to turn there myself John 16, 13, here's how it reads. Jesus is speaking, and whenever Jesus is speaking, I've told you before, just, just put yourself as the recipient of these words. Not that you're reading words that he said to someone else, but that he's speaking to you, as if he's standing right in front of you, looking you in the eye, and saying these words to you. Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit, and he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's the Spirit of truth, he'll guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own initiative, but he's going to speak what he hears me saying. And he'll disclose to you those things that are to come. I mean, this is this a wonderful promise that me and you, the two of us, we're not just thrown into this hoping that we choose wisely, but that we have a guide. We have someone who will direct us and lead us, someone who will speak to us, someone who will lead us in the way that we should go. That's a really wonderful thing to have promised to you. That's another thing to take into your life. God, lead me today so that I don't get lost. I love that word that's used there. I mean, it's an interesting word to me. We talked about from 1 John, you know, that you have no need for a teacher, but that the anointing or the, the Spirit of God will teach you. That's great. You could substitute the word that's used here in the words of Jesus. He used the word guide. He'll guide you into all things. He'll teach you in all things. Jesus uses the word teach. Later on, I'll give you another passage of Scripture. We're going to close with this. The results of, of a life that's led in this way, we're going to find them right here as we close. If you want to, you can turn there. John chapter 14. probably just need to turn back one page. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus is speaking and consider him speaking directly to you. And he says, when the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, comes, the one that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. 
man, I would underline the heck out of those words. He will teach me all things. He will teach me how to be a man. He will teach me how to be a husband. He will teach me how to be a father. He will teach me how to succeed. He will teach me how to love. He will teach me how to live. He will teach me how to be wise. He will teach me all things. I don't want to just read that and find some temporary comfort. Like, wow, isn't that sweet? I want that to change my life forever. God, teach me everything. Teach me everything there is to know about everything that I put my hand to. I want to do these things in the way that they're fruitful and productive. I don't want to coast through life and then at the end turn around and say, well, how'd I do? But I want to know what I'm doing so I can do it on purpose and be successful. Teach me. And then the promise was the result of a life that's led that way. When Jesus is speaking here, he says, you know, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And now listen to the next words. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled, and don't let your heart be fearful. When I read that, I I don't think those two passages can be separated. A life led by the Spirit of God, where where the Spirit of Jesus Christ is teaching me the way that I need to go, is going to result in some wonderful things. It's going to result in peace. I love that Jesus says, not as the world gives. The way the world gives peace is through compromise. The way Jesus gives peace is through an understanding of absolute victory, no matter what things look like, feel like, seem like. God wins. And that produces a tremendous amount of peace in the middle of total hell. And then that instruction, don't let your heart be troubled. Been many nights I've laid down to go to sleep and not been able to get rest because of a troubled heart. Worry and anxiety, concern. And in the right measures and in the right circumstance, those things can be the result of compassion. You want good things for people, and so, you know, you feel for them, and they're on your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when there's fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of death, fear of separation, fear of losing, when we're called and anointed to be winners. God's ability is my enablement. Let not your heart be troubled, and then it closes with, And don't let your heart be afraid. What a wonderful way to live life. I hope that when my years are over and there's a description, you know, about my life, I would love for it to say, man, that guy wasn't afraid of anything. He was handed all kinds of situations that scared the hell out of most people. And he stood, stared down, and brought victory. That's what I want. It's what I'm called to because I have God's ability as my enablement and so do you. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. We've talked about the anointing of God in the past and we'll talk about it in the future. But when you consider the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life I think it's important to see that illustration. 
it's just a little insight into my world. I mean, I burn a lot of wood. I love, a, you know, a wood-burning fireplace. What's really funny is that fire has to be tended to. You know, you got to keep it fed, and you have to keep it arranged properly, or else it just starts to die out. And that's why revisiting concepts like the anointing of God on your life are really important. Because that fire inside of us to be just like Jesus, to live our lives with God's ability as our enablement, those are fires that have to be maintained. They have to be stoked. They have to be fed, fed by the word, fed by testimony. When you hear of some victory or some breakthrough in someone's life, and it begins to bring that encouragement up from the depths of your heart into your mind as a reminder, yeah, there's more to life than just getting by. But yet I'm called to expand God's kingdom. It does things. It stirs that fire inside. And we're meant to stir that fire. That's really what I want to pray. I mean, I want to close this in prayer. There's no greater minister in the room than the Holy Ghost. And we just read that it's him that's going to teach us and lead us into the anointing. The release of God's ability as our enablement into everything that we would face and deal with. So that we can stand and awaken the dawn by saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Because God has anointed me. He's given me his ability as my enablement to bring freedom and breakthrough and victory and prosperity and success into everything that looks hopeless and dead. Pretty encouraging, isn't it? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. I want to pray for us. You're welcome to be in an attitude of agreement or or simply receiving because I want to trust and believe that God's going to do something in our hearts and in our minds that make us better, stronger, more effective. Very important that we be effective. If we're not effective, what's the point? There where you stand, be in agreement. I want to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let all of your ability be revealed to us. Let it stand out in the scripture as we read of the miraculous and the wonders of your power and your glory. Let it not be seen as something distant or done once upon a time, but let it be seen as a display of all that you bring into our life by the Holy Ghost. And break every barrier in our hearts and minds that would not see your ability as our enablement. Stir the anointing of the Holy Spirit in us. That when we would face trial or difficulty, we wouldn't meet that with fear and anxiety, but that we would have the peace of Jesus Christ. That our hearts would not be troubled and that fear would not prevail, but that we would be led by your Spirit to walk in the anointing that you've richly blessed us with to see all of your abilities released into this world through our actions, our efforts, our words, and all for your glory. Let the anointing be stirred and magnified in each one of us. Let it be released in power to see your kingdom expanded, to see Jesus exalted, and to see your name glorified. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us with the anointing. And thank you for leading us and guiding us in the way that we need to go. Be glorified as we follow the leadership of our King.
And let the flow of the Spirit move in each one of us. And the anointing be released for your glory. We bless your name and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And all of you saints declared, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.